0: Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret, and welcome to my show, Journey into an Unknown World. You know, over the three years that I've been doing this show, I always try to find something that I can kind of twist around a little. So the normal, I make abnormal, and the abnormal, I try to make normal. And today, I'm stealing something out of Dickens the words, The Aged. Now, I happen to be 73 now, and I have to admit that when I was a small girl, 7 to 10 years old, I looked at my grandma, who was 62 with grey-white hair, and I said, That's old. Now today, I look at my 99-year-old dad, and I say, That's old. In fact, now that I'm 73, I think that I'll be able to probably work for another 20 years. Now, what is the point of my mentioning this? The thing is, we have changed. We've changed our attitude. We've changed the way we see everything around us. Of course, when I was young, there was no such thing as a computer or walkman. So in those days, we had to entertain ourselves. So we learned to sing and dance, play cards, have light conversation, uh, discussing things that were interesting that were going on around us in our locale. And people got to know everyone. In fact, if someone were to go into hospital, then everyone in the vicinity knew that they were going into hospital. In fact, I can recall that when a certain member of our church was going into hospital for some minor surgery, the person was in their 40s at the time, and I remember it was a gentleman who was highly respected, But it was like everybody was offering to go visit either in the morning or the evening so that he was never left alone at all during visiting time. In fact, it was considered bad manners to leave someone in hospital with no visitors. So the church organized a rota. And we could all write down and say who we'd go with or when we would go. And, and you know, transport was provided, though London had a lot of good transport, so it wasn't really a problem. And when I was old enough, I remember I was probably about 12, my mother once again volunteered, as she had often done, to ride the bus and go and visit someone that she knew was in hospital. And in those days, I'm talking about visiting someone who was on a ward with something like 30 beds in a large hall. So that when you went to visit, you simply pulled the drapes around for a bit of privacy and chatted away quietly so that you would not disturb the person in the beds on either side of you. And that's how I started nursing. That's how it was in those days. And people went out of their way to really try and nurture the elderly. So what was elderly in those days for me was 62 retirement age was considered Probably, if you are lucky, to get another 10 years. So in those 10 years, you better do some gardening, or do some painting, or sit on the sun deck and get some sun in case you've got pneumonia or something. And here today, in our society, we have got 70-plus-year-old aged people working at Walmart still running their own businesses, still sharing their input of their life's experiences with a young generation that has no idea what it was like to come home at 5 o'clock to find mum in the kitchen with a meal being cooked, dad coming home soon after that, and everybody sitting down together round a table to have a little bit of a chat about our day. So, conversations were well, what happened at work, Dad? What happened at work, kids? What are you doing today, Mum? What's up for tomorrow? And so on. You might wonder why I'm mentioning this. Well, the truth is, we've forgotten how to belong to one another. We've forgotten how important we are in the lives of individuals, especially those who are the aged. What we tend to do today is say of our parents, Oh dear, they're getting really old now. I better save up my money and buy a little room or a mini house that they can live in which is on a complex where someone is callable shall we say to come and see that they are okay and then if necessary call in a doctor or run them in an ambulance to the local hospital and to me that may sound practical and nice well mom is being taken care of or dad is being taken care of that I can go to work and I can still do whatever I have to do and wonder and worry and maybe not even think about what's happening to mom and dad? Is that bad? What do you think? Or do you think it's normal? It's usual. It's okay to just think about these old folks in an old place for old folks and that you don't have to worry about them. What do you think about that? I would just like to interject here as always that I'll remind you that I have lots of books. I've written 10 books, and my latest one has been redone in color called Expanding Images, and it includes the Omnicon. And you can teach yourself how to be psychic, and guess what? You can also attune through being psychic to your aged relative and you will be able to know for sure if they need you or not because your instinct, your intuition, your psychic senses and using this book by the way which is made so easy for you to teach yourself, you will be able to decide when is a good day or not a good day for you to go and visit someone in need. But let's come back now to someone who is old. Let's have you think about yourself, whether you are young now or whether you are actually a senior. Stop and think about this. What does it feel like to know that you're going to go into hospital and have surgery? Are you scared? Do you worry that... When they give you the injections, you'll fall asleep and you'll never wake up. Do you worry about your animals at home? If you're a young person, do you worry about your friends, wondering if they'll still be your friends when you come out? Are you in the mid-age group where you're so worried about making money? that you're nervous and scared that you could have a heart attack because you've got indigestion and you're not sure what's wrong with you and you have these visions of ending up in hospital, maybe even so sick, so ill that you can't help yourself and you wish you were dead. There's the key. I want you to think about that. How many times in your life since you've been born... Have you been in a situation that's been worrying, stressful, lots of anxiety, lots of worry, stuff coming down all around you and out of the blue without realizing why you just suddenly say aloud, I wish I was dead. Might not sound like much. Yes, you don't really mean it. Or no, you don't really mean it. Or yes, you do really mean it. Who knows what your mind is saying? But the thing is that that aged old part of your brain, the central stalk, if you like, of the middle of your brain, isn't about to let you give up. The ancient brain, as scientists call it, is where your glandular system is, your pituitary, your pineal, and many more secretions of different endocrine, Dopamine, for example, makes you feel happy. It's all going on in there. It's all working in such a way to allow you to understand that there's a life purpose here. There's a reason you woke up this morning. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I lie on my back and I say, Thank you, God has given me another day. What do I want to do with it? And I lie there and think about, well, I need to do this and that. And I have to admit to you that I'm adaptable because nine times out of ten, something crops up, something happens, and I have to change my schedule. I have to adapt. Now, here's a very important key for those of us who are older. Adapting means rejuvenating and regenerating your thoughts into a new format. Now, that might not sound much, but actually it's amazingly wonderful that you're doing that because what you're doing is stimulating the synapses in the brain to work and figure out something. Now, the interesting thing is about the brain is that the more you change your mind, adapt, process, learn something, grow, move, work, be active and walk, your brain is processing more about yourself. It's saying, somewhere back in the ancient days, long, long ago before I was ever born, back in the times of dinosaurs and something or other, I had a consciousness that said, I know I exist. And I exist for a reason. Though I may not know what that reason is, I do know I need to eat. What goes in one end must come out the other. And I do know that in order to do that, I must explore my territory around me. I must get to know where the safe places are versus the unsafe ones. I must get to know where I can protect myself from those nasties that could happen like monsters in the dark that turn out to be some kind of reptilian old uh dinosaur or something coming after me okay yes somewhere deep inside you is still that idea but let's bring it forward in time and say now you want to find somewhere safe because you don't feel well you're not going to find a cave You're not going to build a fire outside. You're not going to go and pick berries off the bush and hope they work. You're going to run to a doctor. And the doctor is going to take your blood pressure, and they're going to test your blood by taking samples. And then they're going to come along and tell you, Hey, you've got this thing wrong with you. The dreaded this. And you stand there looking at someone saying, Did I hear you right? Did you just tell me that I need surgery or I haven't got long to live? Wow. Take a deep breath. That's bad news. Would you have said that had you been living in a cave? Of course not. You would have said, I don't feel so good today, but I still have to go out and I have to hunt and find my lunch and I have to make sure my family's safe, so I have to make some new arrows and whatever I need to make sure I can be a good hunter. That core energy, that survival energy is in you even if you're 85 or 95. It's about survival. It's about saying, I have to do something every day of my life that moves me energy-wise to get my muscles working, to get my brain working, to get my emotions tip-top so that I'm clear in what I'm doing, and most importantly, to appreciate the power of myself to be able to do all this, the spirit of myself in the essence of my beliefs and philosophies, whatever they may be, to say, I can provide for myself. And if I get too old that I cannot do all that I should, I'll ask someone to help me. Now, if you happen to be someone who needs help, and you don't think there is anyone nearby to help you, does that mean there is no one? Well, here I'd like to say, I'm someone, I'm not no one, I'm here, and if you need help, all you have to do is write to me, Dr. Margaret, that's D-R-Margaret, M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T-R-V-C, for my initials, for my last name, so Margaret rvc at com. all you have to do is write to me tell me you're not feeling good tell me you want to go on my healing list tell me what's wrong with you you know just let me have all the information that you want to share and I'll answer you and I mean I will not some clerk I will answer you so if you have no one nearby to talk to talk to me Okay, so let's come back to your inner situation where you're going to have surgery or maybe you've fallen over and you can't get up and there's no one around. What? How can I help you? How can I help you do something you don't think you can do? Well, the first thing I want to say is if you've fallen over, the best way to get yourself up is to roll on your back, And with your heels, push yourself across the carpet or the floor until you're close to a chair. Then you can roll yourself onto your side and hopefully pull yourself up onto the chair. And if you can't do that, then the next best thing is to reach the phone and call and get some help. So you see, there is always a will within us. The will means I desire, I want to live. So if you fell on the floor, I'm sure you don't want to stay laying there. I did actually have a client who once did lay there all night on the floor. And I asked her, why didn't you move? And she said, I was afraid to move because I thought if I move, I might be in a worse situation. And I explained to her, That's panic. That's your mind saying, I can't do anything. I've fallen. I'm going to hurt myself even more. That is a fear. And it may feel real. But the reality of it is a lie. Because as long as your heart's ticking, you can use your muscles to push yourself. Even if it's just to drag yourself across the floor to the phone. Which brings me to the next thing everybody has cell phones so again if you've got it in your pocket or even in a bag around your neck you're not so helpless are you just make sure it's charged though okay so let me come back to the hospital scenario today you go into a hospital usually there's four beds in a room so it's nice and cozy compared with the old days Usually, the people who are in the room are chatty or nice or sleeping. Either way, people get along. And most importantly, families do try and visit. But if they're in a large country, miles away from where you are because you've been stuck in a home or you've decided to stay put in your home knowing that they're all living in another country or another place, you have made a decision to stand alone. So in making that decision, stand alone. Be in that hospital alone, but not alone. So what am I going to say to you? Use the facilities that a hospital will offer you. Ask for someone to come and check on your home, Ask for someone to come and read for to you for a while. Ask someone to run little errands that you're worried about, like paying a bill for you. Whatever it is you need, ask. And there will be someone who will help. Why? Because we are blessed with volunteers. Just like when I was a child, people volunteered to go and visit someone in hospital from the church so, today, people volunteer at hospitals to help people who need something done for them and Of course, once you come out of hospital you're you've got a new chance, a new beginning. It's time for recovery. Now, I know that whether you're six or sixty six or ninety six Going through any kind of surgery, any kind of visit in a hospital is scary. So what I want to do here is give you something to remember. I'd like if you're listening and if you want to, to close your eyes and just listen to me. As I talk to you, I want you to visualize your local hospital. I'm sure you've seen it. Or if you haven't seen it, visualize one that you saw a long time ago. And as you look at it, I want you to see the doors. And I want you to recognize that those doors are greeting you. Yes, greeting you, inviting you in to get better. So take a deep breath. And just acknowledge that throughout your life you've seen many doors to many hospitals, to many doctors' hospital, uh, practices, treatment centers. There's so many places that we have in the world where people are helping people. And I want you to think about that. These people don't do this job just to make money. They do this job because they're dedicated people. They want to help you. They want to make you better. So often I've heard the aged complain they say I'm treated badly I'm not given my potty when I need it or they never come and ask me if they have any water to give me or food that I like and so on I know it's difficult to think that your rights to having the best meals and the best service in the world is all that you should get but I want you to understand too that those people who are studying hard, paying up their uh bills for their study work because it costs a lot to become qualified, they're struggling to pay those bills, they're struggling to bring up their families, they're struggling to make you happy and maybe they're not financially viable as well so they've got problems at home and the last thing they need is someone telling them You didn't bring my pudding when I wanted it. Okay, so here we come back. So here we come back to the understanding that the core energy of your brain, the ancient part of your brain, the ancient mind part of your brain, didn't know about chocolate pudding back in those days. It just knew that you needed to eat. And to eat protein and to eat leaves and vegetables and do whatever you can with fruits and be as healthy as you could be and live as long as you could be. Now, I want you to think about that. Next time you get some food, be sure you get a balance. Protein, which is meat, cheese, things like that, some vegetables and some fruit and yes, even a piece of bread. Once you have that basic balance of food, your taste buds will adapt, just like the prehistoric man did. And as you adapt, you begin to realize that all those things you thought you needed, like the extra cookie cakes, or the extra candy, or someone making you a special kind of cup of tea that you absolutely love, Once you get past that, you begin to realize that those things, are incidentals, they're not so important. What is important is the stillness of happiness and peace in your mind. So I'd like you to shut your eyes for a minute, as if you want to. I want you to visualize. Imagine that you're looking at hospital doorway, the entrance. If you don't know one, create it. And as you look at that door, I want you to realize that it is not saying go away. It is saying we're inviting you in to help you. We are not inviting you in to end your life. We are inviting you in to give you a new lease on life and take a deep breath and breathe all the way in and out that's it and just say to yourself when a door opens another closes and when that closed door is done in other words my life is finished with that particular situation I can now open a new door that's it. Open your eyes. That's it. Look around. I'm sure you've got a door somewhere and you might like to even open the door and close it to remind yourself it's that easy. You see, we tend to cling to things in the past when we're old. We tend to go back and say, Hey, I remember this and that and it's not the same. I remember buying a house for £8,000 I'd be lucky if I could get one for (laughs) £500,000. What's the point of remembering how money was when today it's different? What's the point of remembering how you felt 20 years ago now it's different? There's only one point. To appreciate where you're at now. To be omnipresent in the moment right now. So if you happen to be listening to this, and you know you're getting on in years, let's try and lift your mind into what you can do today. After all, you're going to live to be 90 or 100. What do you want to do? Do you want to make something? Start a new business? Do you want to join a group? you want to lead on some issue that's important to you, gather people around you and give a talk and a lecture, your years of wisdom have a lot to offer to a lot of people who are just starting on their life pathway. So even if it's just to talk about how it was when you were 10 compared with how it is today... It's not bad because that makes you an historian. And yes, people want to know about history. If you're in the state of reading books, discovering more on your computer, reading and learning, in other words, going to stimulate your brain to rejuvenate your body. As you produce more enzymes and glandular system produces more of the natural hormones and things that you need throughout your body you'll get well again so i'm going to leave you with this thought and ask you please go to sumari center.com s-u-m-a-r-i-s-c-e-n-t-e-r.com and sign in there opt in to learn more from me. Put in there what you would like me to teach you and fill out the little forms with your name, your interest and so on and then do please answer the little question that shows me you're a real person and not some spammer or computer whiz kid trying to break into our system. I appreciate you listening to me once again And I do appreciate you sharing this show and any of the others on any of the social networks. You see, the 100th monkey is my target. The more I share, the more people I reach, the more people I help. So you're my legs, you're my fingers, you're my heart. And I love you for that. And so blessings until we meet again next month. Bye for now.